0: Welcome to the Soccer Coaching Podcast, brought to you in association with our friends at Soccer Coach Weekly, reflecting our shared ambition to help coaches have the most effective, enjoyable, and successful coaching journey for them and their players. We hope you enjoyed this episode and thanks for listening. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of the Soccer Coaching Podcast. It's a bit different today. I don't do many of these. Maybe this is the second or third one that I've done. Um, But this one is just going to be me covering a topic that has come up a lot recently. But I've actually had three questions come in over the last maybe 10 days or so, kind of around the same thing. And it was a topic that really... It's about the stuff that I've mentioned previously on other episodes, so it just made sense really for me just to get down maybe and record this one and talk a bit about it, hopefully to answer those questions, and I'm sure that other people will have had the similar thoughts if they've been listening to previous episodes too. So the topic is really around some things that have come up in other topics on previous podcasts that we relate back to the stuff that I do in some of my coaching sessions uh, and how I set them up. Um, and it's thing around the three A's. So we have this thing that we call the three A's that we use to kind of, I guess, underpin everything we do in relation to putting our curriculum together for the players that we support. And it works across several age categories. So we use it for our under-11s and under-14s. And I think it'd probably work for probably any age category, to be honest, but you can decide upon that. So we're going to talk about that. And um, the question's coming from um, Kenny Johnson. Uh, Dan Rooney and Liz Topham. So thank you for those. They were slightly different. So we read, read out the questions, but it was along the same lines of referring back to uh, what I'd spoken about, about our, our six key behaviors and our, our core values, a bit about the, how we use the out, work, out, think, out, play bit, and a little bit about the third A that we call application and how we use that in relation to development or our playing principles. So I can clarify those those points uh, under this kind of heading of the three A's. And the episode's called The Three A's to Maximize Game Impact, because essentially that's what we're trying to do here. So it's all about how we think we can provide a framework which best allows players then to demonstrate their maximum potential in relation to game impact in matches. And obviously what we're trying to do here is use training to create the opportunity for them to shine in what is essentially, I guess, the test, the match itself this has kind of evolved over years of different things and we've used similar words and similar phrases before in different ways but it kind of culminated together in in this 3a's concept so i'm going to break it down i'm going to talk through it it shouldn't take too long i don't think i hope if i know what i'm talking about we'll see uh, but i'll break it down i'll work through it and then i'll try and explain each bit and how we use it with the hope being that maybe as uh, you know as you listen to this and pick things out there may be things in there that you think are relevant for you and you can use Or better still for me, if there's things you think could be better, please let me know and I can improve uh, what I'm doing and try and help out the players even better with some of your suggestions and things. So um, I do like to nick a few good ideas. So please feel free to critique and um, I can take any constructive feedback on this. You may have a much better way of going about it than than I've done it. So let's share and, and improve. Okay, so the three A's. Uh, What's the background to this? So um, I'm very much a believer in trying to support the practical side of delivery with, I guess, um, some theoretical side. So not that I want the players to feel like they're coming to school when they come to a session, but certainly have it bedded around some kind of, I guess, um, worded framework and structure. For a couple of reasons. Number one, because it really helps me get my head around it and understand it. So I think if I can articulate it in a way that's kind of clear and simple written down, then I've got more chance of understanding it myself and supporting the coaches that help support me or I support them, depending on where we are. Um, So that kind of works for that. And second of all, I think actually it gives some clarity to the players. We don't all learn the same way, and we certainly don't all learn with the same learning styles. Um, and that can vary depending on what we're trying to learn at a time. So it's not so much whether or not we're a visual learner or an auditory learner or kinetic learner. It's more whether or not actually the thing we're trying to learn at this moment in time. What different mechanisms are there available to us that enable me to take the information on board and then understand it, so that I can do what I need to do to be able to reproduce it in a way that's going to be beneficial, turning technically a technique into a skill, something you can actually apply. So by having different ways of getting the information available to players, then hopefully there's more chance than picking these things up and embracing it. And I say that knowing full well that some people really don't, don't buy into the theory side, some of the players, um, and some really love it. Um, but then we don't just do theory, the same way we don't just do practical, and we try and do a few things in between to try and fill those for those voids so that everyone's getting a bit of something that might that may help them benefit. So that's kind of the background to this. So um, we evolved what we've done maybe over the last five, six, seven years, and we put together the three A. So these are the three things that I believe really underpin development and allow a player to maximize their game impacts. And the first one is what we call attitude. So the first day is about attitude. And for us, we have uh, six behaviors. Now, you know, these definitely can be negotiated and are definitely going to maybe change depending on maybe the age of the players that you're supporting, maybe the challenges that you have with them or or, the, or their strengths. So I'm not saying you should be wedded to these six things, but actually recognizing how important attitude is in driving the whole, pres- whole process around player development is key. We believe, or certainly I believe that, you know, it doesn't matter what you do after attitude. If the attitude isn't right in the first place, you're really going to struggle to maximize your potential. So getting the attitude right first is key. And for us, we position that around six key behaviors. So we say to the players, look, there's certain things that we can help you as coaches with, and we will definitely help you with those. But the one thing we can't really do is bring you the right attitude for you. You've got to bring that yourselves. We've got to create the right environment, but we need to make sure that we that we that um we do that we provide the right, right environment, but you've got to make sure that you bring the right attitude. And those six behaviors that we have, number one is a desire to compete. You've probably heard these before, but we'll, we'll talk this through these. So it's desire to compete. Number two is a desire to improve and want to get better. Number three is resilience. So our top three, desire to compete, desire to improve, and resilience. So they're really key. And then we have alongside that, we have four, we have confidence. Five, we have intensity. And six, we have responsibility. That's kind of almost how you play, but these are the six things all together. So a desire to compete, and desire to improve, resilience, confidence, intensity, and responsibility. The idea being here that if you bring those six things to training and into matches, particularly to training where we're trying to get better, then actually we can really focus on the process then. Because without those, whatever we do after that really will be a bit undermined because it's not being applied to 100%. Now, like I said, you could change those six behaviors to anything that you feel are more relevant. Um, but ultimately, what we're doing here is shining a light on the importance of attitude. And for us, if you asked any of our players you know what the first A was, they would say it was attitude. If you asked them to list what the six behaviors was, they would list them. They'd probably list them in order and they would recognize the fact that these aren't just words on a whiteboard or these aren't just words in a document. It's really important that we live and breathe these. And because of that, we often refer back to them, I would say, at least every session, maybe a couple of times in a session. And one thing this helps with is having a common language. So by using key terms and understanding what these terms look like and what they mean, when we talk about, okay, where's your desire to compete? So let's see a bit more of that. Or how was it today? And they give themselves a rating out of 10. You know, we all know what we're talking about. We know what it looks like and we can refer back to it. So we haven't got one coach using a different set of words and then I'm using a different set of words and the players interpret it different. Um, Or we haven't got three people thinking, okay, desire to compete looks like this. So actually it looks like that. We're all on the same page with it which really helps in that continuity when you're focusing on, okay, some of these key areas to to make sure that they're where they need to be. And what we do around attitude is we talk about, okay, often we try and score ourselves out of 10s. We might say as a team or even individually, okay, how was my attitude today? And they might say, okay, I was a six. Like, what could I have done? What, what, what area might I have been able to improve on? They might say, well, actually, I could have played with a bit more intensity or I could have taken more ownership responsibility here. Um, and they're just thinking about it. So the issue isn't necessarily getting a, a high or low grade. The challenge is recognizing where you are, being honest about that, and thinking about, okay, how might I further improve on that? Even if you're getting like eights, nines, nine and a halves, okay, where, where's that missing half a mark? Where can I go to really, really get that 10 out of 10? Because if I can drive my attitude up to its maximum, then that's going to help with what comes next. So that's our first A on our three A's of Game Impact. Our next A is ability. So let's take the let's make the assumption now that we've got a player that's got a great attitude. They really understand, you know, what their key behaviours are that's going to drive their progress, and they're really doing their best to maximise those key behaviours. They might not be perfect in all of them, you know, it's, that, that's probably more than likely they're not perfect in all of them. But actually, if they understand it and they're trying. Then that's a great place to be. So we can look at ability now. Now, for us, we kind of see a player needs to have three things to be able to probably dominate uh, in a game. Um, And that is really, and this is in an order as well. So that is their ability to outwork their opponent, um, which is kind of the physical side. And even though I know we don't always like to acknowledge the fact that actually physicality is still a massive part of football and sport. It's an invasion sport. There's one ball, there's 11 players on each team on the pitch trying to get hold of it. So, you know, physicality does... It is a massive part of it. And I think it becomes more so as the players work through the age groups. Um, I'm not saying it's not important at seven, eight, nines and tens, but certainly I see it more now at 13s, 14s. And so where for the physical side of the game certainly becomes more prevalent and you need to be able to hold your own physically on a pitch. It doesn't mean you've got to be six foot six and full of muscles. It you means you've got to be clever with how you use your body. You may be the smallest kid on the pitch, but actually can you use your physicality in a way that's going to maximize your potential? So how do you outwork is the first one, your opponent. So that's under ability outwork. The next one is outthink. So once we can outwork our opponent using our body in a clever way, how do we outthink them? And that's around decision-making really and game intelligence. So, you know, what kind of decisions can we make? Can we make the right decisions depending on what we're trying to achieve? Um, Not what I think as the coach, but what you think. Can you make the right decisions based on what you think? Um, And then finally, once we can outwork, outthink, we can then potentially outplay our opponents. That's actually where the technical side comes in. So can we do, can we actually deliver on some of those technical processes you want to execute some of the decisions that we're making um so you need those three things we need to have the ability to be able to dominate your opponent so can can I outwork them can I outthink them and can I outplay them? um again not easy none of this stuff's supposed to be easy you know so that's but if we, if we kind of narrow it down we can see okay there's a gap in somewhere where might that gap be so let's take let's take a player again so we've got a player that's got a fantastic attitude um tickle the boxes there, doing the best try and right okay we, there, there may be issues they're sort of focus on some you know we might say actually their intensity needs to be a bit more they've got a you know, really play with a bit more focus in their game and really being in, in the moment at all times. So it's something to sort of work on, but but overall they're, they're good and, and and they understand that and they're working on it. So now we can look at their ability. Okay. If it's not working out, what is it? Is it a physical thing? Are they struggling with something physically? Are they not using their body to their full, of, full potential? Are they over-relying on their body in some ways? Maybe they've had a growth spurt and suddenly they've hit six foot before their mates have, and they're relying a bit more on their physicality. So they're inviting pressure and battles that are okay for now but that may become a problem as players catch them up physically or, or learn to use their body smarter so you know are, are, are they are they doing the the outwork bit in the best way for them and then we can look at decision making okay maybe they are they they're, they're using their body really really well but what they're doing is making bad choices Now that might be in the sense of where they run to where they move to how they move how they receive what skill they're trying to use. So there's loads of variables here, but at least by narrowing it down, you can start thinking, okay, why are they struggling on the full pitch? Or why are they excelling? Why is it going really well for them? And can we look at some of the ways in which we can develop other areas they game, in to make sure that we're, we're developing the whole player, not just one of their super strengths? Um, But often you see these things from the other side where it's going wrong. So actually, when you look at a player's performance and actually, why are they struggling to have game impacts? Their attitude's fantastic. You know, physically, they're all over it. Actually, maybe it's decision-making. Maybe it's just movements they're making. Maybe it's just the fact they're they're picking the wrong moments to get their their long-range shots off when they could be driving closer to the goal before they shoot. Maybe it's the passing. Maybe it's the movement. Um, The game understanding might not be where it needs to be. So again, as a coach, I think that's where... You know, we can step in and actually coach after we've done the facilitation part. We can actually step in and share some ideas and things and hope to support them around that. But let's imagine then we've got the great attitude. So we've ticked we have t- we, t- we, t- we t- box A and on ability they're out working they're making great decisions. But it's still breaking down somewhere. So maybe it's an outplay thing. Maybe it's a technical element now. So maybe they're trying to do that right skill, but it's not quite right. Maybe their their passing isn't where it needs to be. Maybe they're recovering, running back really super fast, getting in the right position to win the ball back. They get in there. But actually, they they're they're. T- they're tackling technique isn't quite sharp enough maybe they're leading the leg rather than going in first with a bit of contact so something something not quite right there so but at least we can narrow it down now to okay this is an outplay bit here so we've got a technical challenge here we need to work on now the reality is you might find it's a little bit of everything here and there but again as the coach you can analyze it a bit closer you can work with your co-coaches to make sure you're talking the same language and we talk to the players and you ask them questions nine times out of ten they'll tell you where the issue is themselves because they understand it or they think about it um and that really helps them then correct it you know or if it's a super strength okay why is that working out so well if you how come you're scoring five goals every game well you know what i'm big and strong and i'm powering through and you know i can smash a shot in the back of the net. fantastic okay can we find different ways now in which we can score those goals uh, because if you're 14 and you've shot up earlier than some of your peers there may be that that super benefit you've got now keep working on it and using it But actually can we also challenge you in other ways to make sure that if players do catch you up you know you can serve the game impact and you don't lose your confidence or you don't lose that you don't lose if you that super strength gets watered down a little bit you've got other strengths you can bring to the table so you can still don't you don't lose that game impact that you're having right now so there's ways in which to look at it so, again, let's move on. Then we've got a great attitude. We've got a player that's got the fantastic attitude that's trying to do all the six behaviors the best they can. That They're physically really using their body really well. They make really good decisions, and technically they're very competent. So we've got a really good player here, very, very strong. Okay, So that is two out of the three massive ticks in the boxes. So we're in a good space. Um, but there is a third place in which you could break down, and that's about application. And that's our third A application this one's a little bit tricky in the sense it depends on kind of what you're doing or what the players doing and where they're at but this is about the ability to apply that wonderful attitude and that super ability uh in the context of whatever you're trying to achieve so what i mean by that is if we imagine maybe i don't know an under sevens team so we've got six six-year-olds maybe seven-year-olds now you know, their application, what they're trying to achieve should be something along the lines of kind of just practicing playing the game. Yeah, so maybe not position specific, maybe just kind of getting a feel for football, understanding different roles and responsibilities, understanding different uh, different what opponents how you play against different challenges. Um, so the application there would be about your principles of play. So if I was an under sevens coach, you know, it, it's going to be about get on the ball, be brave on the ball, you know, try and share at the right times, but don't overshare. It's going to be about can we attack and defend together as a, as, as a team? Um, can we work clever together? Can we do things to kind of help us develop as players Um, certainly not focused on results or individual positions necessarily certainly not one position anyway you might play a position but i'd expect you to kind of almost be able to move around and rotate and be flexible in that one 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 position Um, we understand different formations here but the application bit here will be around your principles of play so you might have a team where you think okay i've got three or four in possession principles three or four out position principles what I need the player to do now is to use that great attitude and that great ability to actually put it in line with these principles. Now, where I see this work really, really well is when you've got a good player that listens, that learns, that understands it, that embraces the principles, ideally has been part of that decision making process in putting those principles together. So they've been involved in that, certainly, you know, maybe not individually, but as a team at least so that they buy into it and understand it. And then when it comes to the match day experience or at training, they're actually working super hard to deliver on those principles of play. So you might have, okay, in possession, we make the pitch big. uh, We try and move the ball fast and we try and create high quality goal scoring chances. Okay. There's our principles of play. Fantastic. So if I'm that player and, you know, I've got the right attitude, I'm really motivated, I'm trying to all got the key behaviors and I, you know, I use my body well and I can make good decisions and technically I'm pretty competent and I'm really trying to deliver on those principles of play. Fantastic. We're in a good place. Okay. And again, if it's not working, the coach can intervene a little bit. It's just a few things here about where they might want to move into or what the, or what the triggers are, what the cue should be here. You know, not over coaching, not over interfering, but certainly just reminding about the principles of playing, what they might look like. Asking good questions around that to help the players kind of embed that understanding. What I've seen sometimes where it breaks down here, and I've seen this at all different age groups, is where you get a player that, has got a great attitude, you know, in many ways. Uh, maybe there's some issues there, but, that, you know, generally speaking, you know, it's got a good size, to compete and wants to improve and wants to play football. They've got fantastic ability to outwork out, and outplay But they don't always want to follow the principles of play. Often they want to do their own thing, you know, and it may be because they're a super, super strong player. Um, It may be because they're in the academy system and actually but not signed. So they're playing maybe a a professional academy um, two or three times a week. Then they come to us at the weekends for the grassroots football and they're getting coached a certain way, you know, three times in the week. And then to us, it's a bit different because I think grassroots coaches have got that, that challenge of trying to develop individual players, but also put a team together, you know, and that is a challenge. That's the reality of it all where often the academy system, you don't necessarily have to worry about the team so much. It's just trying to develop players individually. And that's how it should definitely be. We have to try and unpick some of that stuff and just try and get the balance a little bit more even, um, rightly or wrongly. But there is the obligation to try and put a team out on a Sunday that can be, you know, can be competitive. And if you do it all on your own, then that's a bit risky because if that player is not there one week or not for one week or poorly one week, then, you know, the team doesn't function as well so we've got to get that balance right um, so if you've got a player there that maybe doesn't embrace the application side of things well then again that can be a challenge and what I've had players that really just don't want to do our principles of play some very good players that just won't embrace it they just want to play for themselves there can often be a parent behind there uh, in the ear of the kids Not it's not usually the kids' decisions on this one so it can be influenced externally or actually they're just wired a certain way where the, you know they, they, they're used to doing things their own way and that's them and in some ways, that can be a super strength for them. It may not be the super strength that you need, the all players need in that team. And that will be a decision you have to make, I guess, with the other players as well to see what the best way of moving forward is there. It can be quite challenging. Um, but in an ideal world, what you'd have is you'd have that first A of a great attitude. You'd have that second A of wonderful ability. And then you'd have the third A of application where you've got the players actually trying to do their best to deliver on the principles of play that you've got in and out of possession, maybe end or on transition. Um, And we try and keep it quite simple. So on the application bit for our, our team football, you know, there's three in possession, there's three out of possession. We break them down a little bit more in detail for us as coaches, but that doesn't get overly shared with the players. We know what we're looking at here. Um, and we just keep reminding the players of that and then when you watch a game it's quite interesting because you can you can almost see where it's going right and more of a see where it's going wrong so is it an application thing if we got good players trying to do the right thing but actually they're just they're just it's not coming off because there's an application issue then they're just not following the principles of play or actually they're following the principles of play but actually technically we're not quite right there you know we've got some issues there maybe with You know, how we're moving the ball or how we're taking on opponents or how we're recovering the ball, you know, or maybe it's an attitude thing. Maybe we've got players there that actually just, you know, one or two today aren't up for it or the team's up for it and things can happen or, you know, there's that thing there. But at least you can look at it in kind of a uniformed manner, which means you can probably address some of the issues a bit easier as a collective because you're all talking the same language. Um, And what we try and do on this with the three A's is we try not to analyze it week by week, you know, or game by game. We'd have a look at that, definitely. And you can have your own opinions individually. I'm sure that's worth doing. But you want to look for trends more than kind of individual matches. So we might look back over six weeks. okay, let's look at our three A's over six weeks. How are we doing as a team collectively? All right. We can see these things here. All right. How are the players doing individually? Um, And if there are some challenges... And then we've got to agree. Okay, where might that be? Where, where's the main issue? There is it an attitude thing? Is it ability? Is it application? And how do we best then support the player to fill some of that gaps? And the same way is that if someone's excelling, okay, what are they doing so well? What's happened in six weeks where they they're just on fire, doing things really really well? What what's the driving factor behind here? And it may not be just one of the three, it may be a bit of everything or, you know, some certain stronger spots here and lots of strong spots there. But at least if we're analysing and looking at it, then as coaches, we're better positioned to be able to support that that longer term player development. Now, there's a second part to the application bit, um, and that is if you're focused more around development and not necessarily around Team, So I know we have lots of coaches listening to this podcast that um, aren't all coaching teams. They're just maybe more broadly involved in player development. So on that one, I have a slightly different take. This was, I think, was Liz's question um, around how we use the application for the FWD um, players that I have. So for them... It's different because we're not worried about a team. So we do play games, but they're very few and far between. And they're, you know, we're not worried about the games at all. In fact, you know, we'll go and play some of the professional academies. We've been to Palace and Fulham and QPR and stuff. So we we'll play them, but we're not worried about the result whatsoever. It's still very much about individual performance. So we have a syllabus that we focus on uh, a week syllabus. We focus on at FWD, and um, the application there is around four different uh, what we believe are key abilities that. A player, if a player can do these four things, they're going to be a pretty competent football player. So, and again, you might have four different things complete, which is absolutely fine. I would love to hear if you have, Um, but these are the four things that we'd focus on with our players. So on week one, we focus on individual domination, 1v1 with the ball. So in possession, if I've got the ball, can I dominate you? week two we flip that so we'll focus on 1v1 domination without the balls out of possession so now if you're taking me with a ball can I make sure you don't get past me and I'm good enough to be able to stop that as the first press the good thing about that is what we're getting there is lots of repetition of week one but actually trying to improve week two what it means here is when we go back to repeating week one again in the following training block the players have had to improve on their week one skills because they've had to deal with week two and because the week two stuff's got better now we've got better the week one stuff Um, I've said this before and this was Liz's question so part of Liz's question was the fact that when I was talking about I've seen some fantastic football football teams that train really really well that are really good at on the ball stuff but They can often face a team that's really, you know, that's practiced more off the ball and they look a bit average because when they're training against each other, the players out of possession probably aren't applying themselves as well or as committed as they do when they've got the ball. So it's a bit of a false economy. So when you do start playing teams that actually really press you well and close spaces and are hard to beat, suddenly you don't look quite as good in possession. And the challenge there is really if you can raise your out of position football up the best you can, well that makes the players have to work super hard with the ball and get even better at it, which is a good thing. It's not easy, definitely not easy doing out of position stuff. I do understand that. Trust me, I, I do it regularly, but it probably makes the biggest difference to how the players do develop and improve. Um, so week one dominating one one with the ball week two dominating one one without the ball then week three we do what we call playing clever together with the ball so we get in possession but this is about teamwork now and about how we can share and combine and be clever together so we manipulate the ball so it doesn't mean we throw away week one and week two stuff not at all that is still in there but actually now we encourage a little bit more okay if we can beat a first pair of legs right what are we going to do next so we get how do we how do we share that ball to progress it in a positive way and you know this in, I guess in a grassroots team or in a football club or or in a team that's going to play matches regularly will link into your principles of play. For us, we're not worried about that too much. It's just very broad principles. These players will go back and play for their grassroots teams. We don't want to kind of tread on any toes there and start telling things that we think are right that may be contradictory to what they're trying to do at the weekend. So by just getting to think about how they play clever together, they're just thinking about different ways and ideas in which they can do that. And then when they go back to their, their teams, then hopefully they've just got a, a, a more embellished skill set that they can use to be able to do different things on the pitch. And then week four, I'm sure you probably guessed it already, but just in case you haven't, week four is playing clever together without the ball now. So how do we actually defend as a team? It's not individually now, although obviously that first press will be week two stuff. But what do I do now if I'm not the first press? How do I help out my teammates to make sure that we can recover the ball as quickly and effectively as possible? Um, so week four is all about how we press and we cover and we protect. So how do we work together to make sure that we're, we're gaining that ball at the right time in the right way to allow us to then attack again? I often think of defending as attacking, but without the ball. So, you know, how can we attack without the ball? So we're setting little traps here. How can we be really clever? How can we pinch it back at the right time? Not necessarily rush to win it, but win it in a way that we've got control. And if we can't win it, how do we control the play without possession anyway? And again, what you get there is by doing week four is you get a lot of week three opportunities. So we encourage the players, right, when your team's in possession, your focus will be week three, what we did last week. So stay doing that. But actually, when you haven't got the ball now, we want to see how good you are week four. So are we pressing right? Are we covering? Are we protecting right? Are we looking at those triggers? Are we covering spaces? Are we switching around when the ball moves, you know, to make it really hard? And again, what that does, similar to week one and week two. It means that the week three stuff has to get better because we're focusing on the week four stuff. So we, we're kind of trying to spoil the success from the previous week, um, which really seems kind of productive. And it's really hard to coach because you're, you really are trying to coach stopping, you know, and it you know, and it doesn't look as pretty. And I always think about the parents watching; they can think, "Oh my god, it looks like a nightmare session. Like no one's got any successes, no goals going. What's happening?" But that's the whole point of it. Um, so the week two and the week four stuff can look a bit dirty and a little bit kind of negative but you know it's so important and what you see is especially over time is the week one and week three stuff which looks really pretty and the stuff you want to see you know all the flair the individual quality and the passing the moving that starts to shine through Um, but in a in a way that's real and realistic and will transfer against tough opposition because they're doing it against tough opposition you know so training is not like a free ride and we can look good without you know someone really putting a tackling on us or trying to really press us properly So that's where the third A can be slightly different in the sense of it kind of depends on what your principles are, player, or what what your applic. Where do you want the players to apply this? In in what kind of way is it about being part of a team to try and win things, I guess, and 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 be a have team team impact, or is it about their own individual player development? And hopefully, I've illustrated two different ways in which you can use that, depending on whether you're looking at developing the team or just developing the player, or maybe you want to look at doing a bit of both, which I guess is the ideal way of doing it. I hope that was relatively clear um so there's our three a's to maximizing game impact attitude that we we focus around six behaviors obviously you know you can Im- Brace that how you want to and change that how you want to. Ability, we use Outwork, Outthink, Outplay. Again, you may have a completely different level of ability looks like, you know, but that's up to you. And then application, we would use it around our playing principles for our grassroots team. And we would use it around those four weekly cycles for our player development work that we do during the week. And what I should add on to actually is after week four, we don't go back to week one. Uh, we do it on half termly blocks, which is usually either five, six, seven weeks, depending on how long the, term, the half terms are. So for week five, six, and or seven, depending on how many weeks it is, we would call it game impact week. And what we do then is we try and give the players an opportunity then to show off their week one to four stuff. But then we also add in some of those six behaviors. So we might say, right, now we're focusing this week on um, game impact week. So let's see your stuff. And we're going to focus on, um, a desire to compete and will create a game that allows bonus opportunities and bonus points um, for those players that show the best desire to compete. So it will be a game of football. It'll be directional, everything else. There'll be very few changes. It'll look like football. It'll probably be the scoring system that changes the most just to really shine a light on the fact that we're looking at that particular behavior sometimes what we've done actually more recently and it's worked quite well I, I do like this as a session um we've called it having a winning mentality and we'll, we'll take those behaviors and we we'll kind of wrap it up in a package all around it actually we call it a winning mentality and we'll talk about okay how do, how does a loser play and how does a winner play and and then we'll, we'll reward points around that as well and again it's just trying to focus on that side of the puzzle if you like so the football quality stays the same we expect to see the same things we practice in week one week two week three week four but now we're really focusing on those key actions those key behaviors just to make sure that it's all kind of put in together. And then hopefully we finish off during the holidays with some kind of showcase game um, or a tournament or something where the players get an opportunity to see if, what it looks like in practice. And as coach, we get a chance to have a bit of fun and just watch and, and see what happens. If you're coaching a, a grassroots team over a longer syllabus, you probably could stick with that a few, few months at a time, have a longer process, focus a bit more in, in depth on your playing principles. Um, so what we would do here with the three A's is we would look at our playing principles first so and work back from there. Okay, so we might do okay, in-possession stuff for three weeks. It may be a week of out-possession, then again in-possession, three weeks out-possession a little bit. So we wouldn't maybe have a you know, a 50-50 split here, but we wouldn't ignore our possession. But we would just base it around our playing principles, but making sure we we're embedding you know ha- what it will look like in each session so what does outwork work look like today? What does out think look like? What does outplay work look like? So for example, if we were doing our playing principles in possession, uh, p- number one players in possession, make the pitch big. Okay. So outwork in possession. Okay. We've got to be looking to move ourselves into space, right? So there's some physical demand about actually moving into space to create the pitch to, to be big. Now, this is a bit of a misnomer because we don't actually we don't actually always insist about being big, but we would want to have a, a a longer option. We can have some close players too. Not everyone's got to run to the corners of the pitch, but for us, it's about that notion of okay, creating some space when we've got possession of the ball. So the outwork is that physical ability to move into space, so to react quickly. Um, the outthink bit here is okay where do I go where is the space where can I best deliver on the principle of play what, what's the right space to go depend on where we've regained the ball and where we are on the pitch and then the outplay bit is okay when if I'm the player with possession of the ball you know how do or, or the one that might receive how's my passing my movement my receiving those kind of things so in relation to that particular session plan that would be our work our outwork outthink outplay focus. Now we might flip that if we were doing, say, an out of position principle where it make the pitch small, for example, and try and close the spaces. Well, again, the outwork bit would still be similar, I guess. The outthink bit now is like, okay, how, how do I press? Where do I go? How do I cut off the passing lanes? And the outplay bit now is like, okay, how do I actually recover the ball back, regain and retain possession and tackle it in a way that's going to let me retrieve the ball and keep the ball? Um, so again, you know, you still focus on outwork, out think, outplay, you're just changing what's what's going to be the key elements within each of those three things. The attitude bit will be quite consistent from every week, so all six behaviors. But there are certainly some weeks when some shine more than others, depending on what the focus is but really you want to see the players bring all those six behaviours every, or we want to see them bring those six behaviours every week to every session. Um, and if someone's not, then we can quite easily talk about that. So maybe some players looking like they haven't got confidence that week. Okay, we can have a little chat Why? Like, what's going on. It's there for a reason, you know. We can't give you confidence. Well, I think we could certainly kill it, but we can't give it to you. So we've got to make sure that the environment is supporting these behaviours so there's no fingers pointing back at us. It's up to us as coaches to make sure that we're not putting any barriers in the way of those six behaviours. Um, and as long as we're not doing that, then we can talk to the player if they're not delivering on one of the behaviours. It's clear that they're kind of off par on it and have a little chat about why that might be and the importance of it. And hopefully getting back in the session, then with a bit of focus and a little bit of improvement. Doesn't always happen. Kids are allowed to have bad weeks, um, if not bad months. You know, we've seen some players have wobbles for a long time. But, you know, if the trend is looking six weeks more, then it's definitely worth the conversation. Um, The odd week here and there, I think, has to be accepted as part of it all. Football is not linear. If the development's not linear, sorry, we have to work with things. Um, but ultimately, I think if you're patient with stuff and you have the right messages and the players understand what good looks like, then um, they've got a much better chance of being able to deliver on good and then kick on from that. I hope that all made some sense. So that's the three A's. The three A's to maximising game impact. So that's kind of what we spoke about in previous episodes. So I hope I put it together in one thing here. We've never spoke about it before as a as a whole collective. So I hope that's done that for you and answered the questions that were asked by Kenny Danellis um just a couple of things why it's just me on the podcast that's okay first of all just to say please the podcast we don't look for advertisement we approach regularly for people to want to sponsor the podcast um i said no to lots of organizations for different reasons Um, we've got a great sponsor now that i couldn't speak more highly of so the soccer coach weekly if you've not had a little look at what they do please do the link will be in the show notes um have a click on the website it may not be something you're interested in absolutely fine but have a look i can tell you now these are a fantastic group of people they do a fantastic job all for the right reasons and um, they're a great sponsor to us and something that i was using before so i was happy to go with them because i knew how good they're, they're, what they do is and how it helped me out and um, like i said it might not be right for you so there's no pressure on this one but at least if you don't mind have a look at what they're doing check them out because not only do they do a fantastic job they're also fantastic people and also if you could with, you know, what gets the podcast recognised and um, picked up by people that don't necessarily get know about it is uh, re- uh, reviews so if you can click on leave us some stars a little comment would be fantastic it really would be appreciated we'll give you a shout on the podcast if you want if you leave a name we'll say thank you and if you could tweet like share that kind of stuff we don't often ask for this this is probably the only time I'll ask for it maybe this ep- uh, this season and maybe once again next season something like that but we don't often ask but if you could do that would be brilliant it just means more people get to see it and hear about it. Um, not me rambling on. That's not the important bit, but more the awesome guests we've had on. We're nearly getting to 100 episodes. We've had over a quarter of a million downloads. Um, so the podcast has done some great things, but that's because of the wonderful guests we've had on and people need to hear really what they've had to say because- the feedback we get from you guys listening is the fact that you know it's really helping in the sense of getting you thinking about certain things and hopefully then having the players have you know that slightly better journey because you've managed to maybe shortcut a few things the mistakes you might have made or things you might have done differently if you hadn't heard from a particular person talking about a particular topic so um please if you can like share review tweet whatever you can give us a follow on twitter as well that'd be brilliant uh we're going to try and put some more things out on twitter if, if we can and also share more stuff so hopefully hope you get a few things on that. And then very finally, any questions or any topics you want us to cover, drop us an email. Again, it's in the show notes. Just drop us an email. Topics you want to cover, questions you've got uh, or guests you want on, or if you want to come on yourself and have a chat about things. Look, we're looking for real people who are out there doing it at the weekends, you know, real experiences. Um, It would be great to hear from you. It's an open door to anybody and everybody that wants to come on. As long as you're comfortable having a chat, I I promise you it's it's friendly. I'm certainly not professional. So uh, you'll be much better than me if you come on the podcast. And want to share your story. There are no right or wrongs. Um, My slight worry at the moment is the fact that we seem to be saying a lot of the same things to a lot of the same people, which all sounds brilliant, but actually, it'd be nice to have someone think a bit different about stuff or have a different opinion. Tell me the long ball's right for under sevens or, you know, we, we should be doing headering or I don't know, whatever it might be. But um, it'd be nice to have some different views because it keeps us all thinking in and questioning stuff. And we haven't all agreed all the time about this. We know that football's all about opinions and we're allowed to have different ones. That's for sure. I think the only thing that really matters is if you're involved in grassroots youth football, as long as you're putting the kids first and we're all doing that, then, hey, anything else is fair game as long as we're putting the, the children first. Thanks so much for listening. I hope that was useful. And um, look out for the next podcast, which won't be too long behind because I'm not going to leave this one with just me out there for too long. So we have another one coming very soon, I'm sure. But thanks for coming, everybody. Cheers. Bye. This episode was brought to you in association with our friends at Soccer Coach Weekly. Established since 2006, Soccer Coach Weekly is a leading source of inspiration and advice for all grassroots coaches. Join thousands of youth soccer coaches just like you, saving time and effort in their goal of having the most effective, enjoyable and successful coaching journey for them and their players. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed the episode.